the music of the First Amendment, musicals on stage, a comedy called Grits, and more on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust for February 25th, 2016. As always, the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Sullivan's at Brookstone, Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday, and lunch on Wednesdays through Sundays. That's right, Sullivan's Lunch on Sundays at long last out at Brookstone Meadows. Check them out on Facebook or Sullivan's at Brookstone or at sullivansbrookstone.com. You can find the menus and reviews, which are all great, by the way. Anything else there, if you haven't been out there, give them, give them a try and uh, tell them you heard about it on The Observer. And if you can't get out there, don't forget about the mothership downtown, Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, always ranked one of the top restaurants in the United States. It has been another great week in Anderson. One primary down, one to go. With 8.4%, that's 239,000 of 2.9 million registered voters voting for Donald Trump. He took the state's GOP delegates, so he got essentially you know, an infinitesimal percentage of South Carolina registered voters. Then this Saturday, the Democrats head to the polls to decide between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And if you are going to this primary, you might want to check where you're supposed to vote because some of the precincts have been combined for that Saturday event. It is going to be a busy weekend and a busy week ahead. And let's start with the two big plays that are going on right now this this weekend in Anderson. Uh, I'll mention that the Milltown players are doing the Foreigner. That opens this weekend. But the two I'm going to focus on right now because they this is the final run for these two plays. First, uh, the Electric City Playhouse is serving up grits. Uh, that would be the play and not the food, in case you were wondering. What in the world is Grits the play? I'm glad you asked. One of the stars of that production, Paula Doolittle, is going to tell you all about it. Um, I am talking, Paula, about uh, Electric City Playhouse and also about Grits. Not not the food, but uh, the play Grits. Let's talk about Grits first. Well, Grits the musical is... <coughs> Erica McGee from... <coughs> it's based on a book, Friends of... Grits, Girls Raised in the South by Deborah Ford. Um, so she took the book and made it into a play. And we are the first. Well, Jimmy Burdett, my director, okay. um, called her, heard about the show, and, and just aggravated her to death, really, until she agreed to let us do the show. So we're the first community theater to actually perform her show. It's been the original cast up until we did it in Wahala at the Civic Auditorium and then um, Electric City this month. So, What is the show? Tell me what the show is. Well, it's about four girls, and it's about our lives. It's uh, We tell stories, and we sing songs about the stories we just told. And, you know, it is a girly show, but the men get it because they've listened to their wives or girlfriends' stories. And it's so like, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. I've heard that before. So they super enjoy it, too. It's about life. It's about living. It's about grieving and laughing and just growing old together. Now, it's Southern, obviously. Oh, Grits. heavens, it's yes. Southern story. Southern all the way. Everything now, is Southern. How old are the women? Is it multi-generational? Or? Yes. Um, we have a young girl, um, she, and she tells stories about her young life and her mother and, and having parties and not, her, not calling her mother back and you know, her relationship, and then I play Georgia, a Southern Society woman who went to the University of Tennessee, and how um, we each tell four 
stories and we sing songs and of course there's a group number but we talk about um, one of my favorite monologues is Love is Gray and it's about me having a cousin named Ruth who I adored. I mean, I loved her, admired her. She was eight years older, and um, <clears throat> we would all pretend to play Ruth instead of Cinderella and Snow White. But then my mother tells me one day when I'm a freshman in high school that Ruth got married over the weekend. And I'm devastated because I always thought I would be a bridesmaid in her huge wedding. And then we find out George is pregnant. I mean, Ruth is pregnant. And people like us just don't do those sorts of things. Well, our great-grandfather was a small-town mayor. You know, we are town on the oldest manufacturing firm. We did things the right way. Of course, those are some of my lines. And it, it, the whole story makes you realize that life is not just black or white. It is almost always gray. There's always a gray to our relationships. And it really touches the audience. You realize why, instead of pointing fingers and casting judgments, why not use our hands to help someone than to point them and tell them what they're doing is wrong? Is kind of the theme of that story. So it's this is the last weekend though, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the last Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, eight o'clock, okay. and then Sunday matinee at three. All right, so this will probably come out sometime tomorrow, Thursday. So they may catch Friday and Saturday listening to this. Uh, now, how long have you been involved with Electric City Playhouse? Uh, well, I performed first show about two thousand, so fifteen years. Although I've been doing it twenty years since 1997. Kind of fell into it by accident. Someone said, let's go to the theater and, and see a show. And I'm like, oh, okay, the movie theater? What are you talking about? And she goes, no, you need to come audition. And I got bit by the bug. 75 shows later, <laughs> all over the upstate in Georgia. You've got a real big surprise talking to you, Paula. <laughs> I'm like, what? How you never thought about this before, I'm not quite sure, because you're pretty dramatic. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Growing up, I'm guessing shyness was not your biggest problem. Oh, heavens no. My parents told me to quit bouncing in the choir loft. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand still, look reverent. I'm like, but I just love the music. So So the music kind of got you into it first? Or? It was a musical, okay. yes. And just something to do. And, and But then when, when you get bit by that theater bug and the stage and becoming all these different characters. from I played Roxy Hart in Chicago. Um... Uh, 80 Annie in Oklahoma years ago, but the musical's really, this one, this one's different though. This is not a play. It is, um, we're telling stories to the audience. We rarely talk to each other on stage. We'll come out on stage and tell you the story and hopefully get you to walk that story with us and just experience the happiness and sadness together and, and the audiences are really loving it. I was going to say, you've done a lot of other theaters. What do you like about Electric City? What's special about Electric City? You cannot beat the intimacy. Now, I love Walhalla Civic, and that's where we did our other show, but I have enjoyed the performances far more at Electric City. It's the perfect venue for this show because we do talk to the audience. I see people in the audience. I make eye contact with them in the audience, and you know, even we even interact with them in some of the songs. Um, I do a little burlesque number. Might have to sit on a couple of laps, but <laughs> G-rated, G-rated. Well, well, yeah, I have said this before, and, and, and we've talked. We're talking about uh, Kelly Cito, Kelly and Cito. I love her. Kelly Patrick Cito, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Neil. I can't get all their names together. Um, I don't like live theater much, but I like the Electric City Playhouse. Okay, because it is. Intimate. I feel like I don't get connected when I'm back, and I've been to New York plays, and I've been to big things that were one Tony's and we're supposed to be wonderful, but I'm just, I'm like, it just doesn't get me. It didn't get me. It didn't grab me. And I'm, I'm you know, um, 
but there's something very different and special about the way Electric City Playhouse is set up. That people are you're, you're pulled into what it is because it is it is like you said intimate. It's very intimate, very small, mm -hmm. and so even people who don't normally go to plays that I've talked to will go and like those because and they don't like the bigger, even more you know high dollar productions. They like the small. It's it's very intimate, and it's just like the audience is practically on stage with you. They're so close, and it's not that deep, and and there's what. I mean, you, I can't even see the people in the back row. Right, right. Not that many seats on any. No. It's, it's kind of a little mm -hmm. horseshoe almost mm -hmm. around the stage. It's called the box. It's the, called a box. The black theater. box. Mm -hmm. So, and this show is perfect for that. It's a great place. Uh, you got anything planned coming up? You're going to be in, or do you know? No, not not after this one. I thought I would take, take a little break. break. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people get a little theatered out at some point. Huh? Mm -hmm. Well, tell them why though. Tell them why you're what you're busy doing with work. What do you where you work? I am the guidance counselor at Southwood Academy of the Arts. I super love it. It is a magnet school, public magnet school, and we just finished auditioning 500 students for application. And we have dance, theater. Um, band, strings, visual arts as well, sculpture, um, painting. It's just, if you're an art student, this is where you now need what to grades? be. Six, seven, and eight. Okay. But Anderson 5, uh, Hannah, and Westside, they take their bus to us to right. take their master art classes. Okay. Um, higher level honors, chorus. Right. Of course, our chorus just drama. sang. Oh, yes. All of that drama. In fact, the drama teacher... Since this is my first year, I was up in there, and she and I had done a show together before at Electric City Playhouse. So there's a fix-in with the guidance counselor. <laughs> so you're interested in theater, are you? Well, that sounds like a good idea. I think that's where I want to work. <laughs> well, the drama teacher said, what are you doing here? She goes, are you going to take my job? I said, no, I don't want your job. Because <laughs> that's my hobby. I, like, I enjoy the performing, but I don't want to teach it necessarily. Now, I did direct at Clemson Little Theater as far as their summer camp program. That's, and I taught some of that in the summer, but mm -hmm. I don't want to ruin, not ruin, but th this, that's my passion, my, my release from stressful counseling situations that I may deal, have dealt with in the past. Well, it sounds like you're really plugged into the whole theater community. Is there a lot of children's theater going on around here? I mean, I know Greenville's got the South Carolina Children's. Right. The, the biggie that does all the massive numbers of plays, that place is hopping all the time, it seems like. Always. And um, actually, their director directed me in the Buddy Holly story. She came from Flat Rock's Playhouse, actually. I can't see you playing Buddy Holly. I no, I played, <laughs> I played Vibe Theater, oh, yeah, but yeah. I did get to play with the band. That was all super right. cool. Um, but there is, there's a couple of children's theaters here, right? Well, they do, in Anderson, um, they have Project Challenge. Right. And then Clemson Little Theater has their Clemson Area Youth Theater, which is fairly strong. Okay. They pull in a lot there. Um, now, if somebody's got kids who are interested, they just try out? Is that absolutely. You go on. They don't have any experience if they just think they, no. they can go try Clemson. Absolutely. And they have workshops in the summer and stuff like that? Yes. And I think Electric City has a workshop, too. Most of the theaters around, Oconee, Foothills Playhouse in Easley, um, Electric City, um, and C-A-Y-T, Clemson Little Theater, although it's in Pendleton. <laughs> which is well, it's, you know, I remember when it was a movie theater. That's how far back I get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a movie theater. And it's a feeding store after that for a long time. Right, right. But uh, Definitely have children's stuff. And, of course, we do a massive fall musical. And there's C-Y-T here? Am I right there? There's Clemson Area Youth Theater. Is no, I'm thinking the Christian Youth Theater. Maybe so, yes. A, but I, they do all kinds of stuff. Now, I do know that Montessori School uses Electric City. 
Right. Then you. <clears throat> well, I try to think of things that if some parents listen and their kids are entering drama, they might come. Away. That's why I'm talking. Absolutely. You know, I don't want things closed off. So. No. Mm-mm. And I guess, or, I, you know, you got the answer to this. Your guidance counsel. If somebody has a homeschool kid, can they try out for Project Challenge as well? Is that how does that work? You know. I don't know. Because I know they can play sports and stuff. You know, that's, that's I, I think they can. Yeah. I think Project Challenge is pretty open. Yeah, they can just try out, just come do a tryout. So. Absolutely. Now, you could not do our, our Anderson District 5. Uh, we do a big musical. We just sure. They just did um, Susical the Musical, and they'll right. do a spring play. And Calhoun, Acad- Calhoun Academy is, of course, the elementary performing right. arts, which they do feed. Now, you're not automatically in Southwood because we are seriously auditioning the real deal. I mean, mm-hmm. we are auditioning lots of children. But the good news is, you know, they've always said Southwood, um, we, we only car riders came because you had to be able to provide transportation. Right. But we super want to have diversity right. and, and get kids in there that this might be their niche to stay in school. Right. It might be their love, their passion, their drive just to say, you know what, school isn't all that bad, and I love it, and I want to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's what Mr. Smith, Jamie Smith, the principal, who also performs, he's performed at Electric City Playhouse, um, his philosophy, his goal, along with the district office, is to make the arts available, not just to people that can drive there, but to everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, could the kids come see Grits? Absolutely they could. It's super family-friendly. Okay, okay. Super family-friendly. And they'll love the stories. And my friend Kara came, and she was cr- sitting on the front row crying. I said, Kara. I was looking at her from the stage going, what are you? Because she loves animals, and there's a story, a beautiful story about a dog that you just fall into these Every story we tell is real. It has happened to someone in the audience. Um, my mother died in December, and I thought, do I do this show? Do I do this show? And I thought, I'm going to do this show. And it's, you know, it was I was meant to do this show because the, we do a gospel medley at the end. It's super, you know, super beautiful. Four part harmony. We all sing different parts, and I get to sing. Um, and we all have solos in it with a circle being broken. And I always, I get to acknowledge mother. So it's just, um, you know, theater, the arts is, gosh, it's, everyone needs to experience it sometime. Well, remind everybody else who else is in the show. Well, Natalie Hill, who is an elementary school teacher in Greenwood. Um, Gail Brown, who is the guidance clerk at Pendleton High School. (laughs) The fix is in here somewhere. Um, Now, Shannon Rui is Actually, she's a Yankee. <gasps> so she's acting, you're saying? Well, we're trying to teach her. I mean, come on. <laughs> Where is she from? Today? Ohio. Yeah. And she's new here. Her husband has a, was hired at BASF. Okay. And so she's a Montessori school teacher. Okay. A she's principal. A teacher she's, then. You're uh-huh. again. Okay. And then, um, yes. And then um, I'm Paula and Guida. So we're all in education. How funny is that? That is fun. It just happened that way? Yes, it did. And Jimmy um, Burdett, is, um, he actually worked for um, Burt Reynolds when he did that TV show years ago. Do you remember that show? Which one? Burt Reynolds was on a number of TV shows. It was his show. Oh, it was Burt his Reynolds show? Yeah, something. It was uh, like in the 70s. I don't, I don't remember, anyway. Yeah. But he's from Iva. Yeah, yeah. So, have you ever heard of Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. He's Jimmy? done a lot of things oh, around gosh. here. Oh, yeah, He's been doing this for a long time around here, so yeah. We'll yeah. Have to get him on sometime. You definitely need to. And, um, All right, now tickets are how much? 
you remember? I think eighteen dollars. Student tickets are less. <laughs> Well, who can they call or what's the best Facebook oh. the best place to go? Um, I would just Google Electric City. Um, the Just Facebook page them. usually is pretty up to date. Yes. Yeah. Most people find things for Facebook and then go to the website from there. Absolutely. So, if you so go it's to Electric City Playhouse, mm -hmm. it's the only Electric City Playhouse I think on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And just call for tickets and they'll call you back and reservations right. or whatever. And so the, the show times, the evening show times are? 8 o'clock. And then the Sunday matinee is? 3 o'clock. So we got. Thursday, which may not get in time for this recording. Tomorrow night. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, Paul, thanks for talking to us. I've enjoyed it so much. Come see the show. You'll cry and laugh, and you'll want to come back. In fact, the people in Wahala saw the show. They're coming to see this one. They're coming to – they saw it last month. And so people back. driving from Wahala. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to see the show. Yeah. So well, it, great. Well, we'll, we'll get, when y'all get another big one going, we'll get everybody together. Maybe we'll get Jimmy on sometime to talk about, you know, his, his involvement. Just, we're going to try to at least reach out. The arts folks are so busy. I haven't had a whole lot of folks on the podcast mm -hmm. from the arts. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to get a little bit more of that going. So that's why I wanted to check with this. And I wish we kind of got in the first weekend, but it's been been crazy. I understand how busy it gets. Yeah, thanks, Paul. So. Thank you so much. I enjoyed Bye. it. Appreciate uh, Paula taking time to talk to us, and I appreciate your uh, patience. We've had a few little audio glitches in, in that interview, but, but it was still a pretty good interview, Paul. Glad you could, could hear that. Uh, the second play this weekend is one from a new player in town. It's the newest theater in town. And Carly Taylor, who is the development director and one of the founders of the Market Theater Company, uh, is going to tell us about that. But the new group is performing the Fantastics. And this is the final weekend for that production as well. All right, tell me what the Market Theater Company is. Anderson's had, you know, a good bit of theater over the years, and y'all are the new player in town. So tell me a little bit about what y'all do. Well, we're just a brand-new theater company. We are um, all about just bringing new, engaging theater to Anderson. My husband and I are both from Anderson, grew up doing theater in Anderson, and Dalton and Megan grew up in the area as well doing theater, and it's just something we've always dreamed about, opening a theater. Uh, Dalton and Megan, tell me who that is. So. Dalton and Megan are the other co-founders, so they're a married couple and we're a married Last couple. Name? Cole. Okay. Dalton, Megan, Cole. Okay. So uh, we actually had sort of separately had this dream. We all went to Anderson University, and... Um, we were like, you know, this will happen maybe when we're like 40 or 50 is what my husband and I thought that, no, you know, we'll become, uh, Dalton, Megan, and Noah, my husband, all studied theater. I was actually an education major. I'm a first grade teacher. Oh, okay. So, and then we found out about the Accelerate Anderson Downtown Challenge, and we said, well, this is an opportunity, you know. Well, we decided two days before it closed that we were going to enter. We were like, we'll meet some people. We'll learn. Maybe it'll happen. We really weren't expecting anything to come of it, and we went through the process. It was like a four-month process, and they kept whittling it down and whittling it down, and then we ended up winning it. So here we are. Now we're open, and we're getting there, and the dream's kind of coming true at this point. So this is the first production? This is the first production. It's called The Fantastics. Right. It's actually the world's longest-running musical. It's been running in New York consistently since the 60s. So a lot of people have never heard of The Fantastics, but they may know the song Time to Remember, which is kind of the most famous song. Is that in a movie? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And a long, long time ago. Well, yeah. I'm from a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it's all black and white, so... <laughs> But yeah, so it actually runs this weekend at where the Market Theater is located at the Anderson Arts Center. I was going to ask you, yeah, I knew it was an arts center. Are y'all going to be looking for a home or are y'all going to stay there a while? So or? we have a three-year lease with right. the Arts Center. They had one available bay, okay. one available space that had been used for storage since they opened, really. Okay. So it was unfinished. 
So we signed that back in January, and we've been working on it, and we're still working on getting it up to code. Right. Well, tell me about that space, because I'm trying to think where that is. is it so it's, it's downstairs. It's on the far right-hand side. If you're facing the art center from the parking lot, right. it's the bottom right-hand corner, and it's just the same exact footprint. Is It's just a bunch of bays the art center is. So it's the same footprint as maybe... Um, the galleries, which the people sure. are more familiar with, is the same have exact. It set up? I mean, is it going to be? So we have a stage at the back. So you walk in the front, and the stage is all the way at the back, and we'll have the audience kind of in the middle in a concession stand in a bar area in the back. We've teamed up with the Growler House, so they'll be offering uh, beer and wine at all of our productions for the next couple of years. So Friday, Friday night, Saturday night, what time? Friday night at seven thirty, and then Saturday at two o'clock, and Saturday at seven thirty. So two on Saturday, and one. Yes, one on Friday. Your last three productions? Yes, and then we're actually upstairs in the art center right now because uh, getting it up to code was a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up needing a lot more HVAC equipment than we had originally um, sort of been quoted or okay. thought we needed. So we're still we're looking to raise about two thousand dollars more to get that in. But now, we'll, how are y'all doing that? So we've got a GoFundMe campaign, and we also um, are a nonprofit, and we are working on getting our five hundred one c three, which we hope to have in the next few weeks. So. People can donate or they can just contact the market theater, uh, the market theater company on, you know, the internet or on Facebook. Yeah, the market theater company, or we have a website, which is themarketanderson.org. Um, so we're doing that and so you guys are doing this while you're working your jobs. Yeah, we all, we all have full-time jobs. I'm a first grade teacher. My husband, um, works for TTI. He's, uh, on, on their photo team there. He's a photoshopper. And then Dalton. The other guy, he works at AU. His job is to actually build sets for the AU theater department. Well, that's handy. Yeah, it's very handy. Well, Larson, yeah, you got, you don't exactly. Want to yeah. Or, uh... yeah, so AU's been great to us. They've been so supportive. Ask you, do, you partner? do you have students involved in the production? Yeah, we have um, uh, the lead guy. His name's Grayson. He's actually a junior well, at think. AU. Grayson Wade. He's yeah. fresh off of Me and My Girl. He played the lead in that at AU. And then we also have Kelsey Lane Wilbanks, who Graduated last year, but she graduated from AU as a theater major. So the two, um, and Jesse Davis, who plays the mute, also graduated from AU as a theater major. So a lot so. of partnership kind of Right, and that. we all went to AU, and I, even though I wasn't a theater major, I was involved with production. So, and Dalton and Megan both work at AU. Megan works for admissions there. Right. So we're just very closely knit, and they've been so supportive of us, now, too. How much are tickets? Tickets are $10 okay. for everybody straight across the board, $10. Okay. So, you know, just trying to bring, like, affordable, quality experiences to Anderson. And then when we get the space open, we'll have karaoke nights. We'll I have, also want to ask you what yeah. your future is. Uh, yeah, so our next show is Steel Magnolias. Um, so we're really excited about that. You can – I think people are really excited because people just love that story. That's a yeah, I mean, and the story is you just – has some pretty good action. Beautiful. Yeah, we – That's, not, and something, we that's just, not something you can play with. Exactly. We just had auditions this week, so – We'll have callbacks actually Thursday night. And so y'all have, we'll have auditions? Yeah, yeah, anyone can audition. Anyone can be a part of the market. We also are very much about if you have an idea, if you've written a show, or you have a one-man show, or you're a comedian, or you have a band, like we want to be your venue. We want to give – because that's something we've we've sort of found that it's sort of hard to find venues for stuff like that in Anderson and opportunities for people who are – trying to get stuff off the ground. So we've, we've, you know, we've talked to AU students. A lot of them have written shows and stuff. And anyone else in the area who has anything like that that they kind of want to see put up on its feet, we can do staged readings or anything, you know, like that. 
You don't want to keep this thing hopping year round. Yeah, we don't want it to be exactly right. We don't want it to be like we're open three weekends every couple months for a show. We want it to be open weekly with. We'll have karaoke, comedians, you know, all kinds of stuff. People can have birthday parties there. I mean, anything, people, I mean, we really want it to be a community hub right. for the arts. Well, that's great. Yeah, there's the Anderson. I mean, they do, I think, a couple of restaurants sometimes will have open mic night. There. Right. How, how, so you'll be funding this through benefactors and Right, and ticket sales. So we did the grant. But I mean, something like karaoke and stuff. It's kind of hard to sell. So, yeah, well, it'll just be like a cover charge. And then you can come yeah. in and sing as much karaoke as you want. And, yeah, it'll just be like a party. Right. And how many places, how many uh, people will this place seat? Uh, over 100. So between 100 and 115 is what we're going for. So we're really excited about it. It's a good intimate space, and the space is beautiful. If you've ever been in the art center, it has that same exposed brick walls. It, it has all the um, machinery from the original elevator. It's still on the ceiling. So much history. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous space. And we feel so blessed to be part of the art center, and they've been so accommodating. And just to be part of something bigger like that is very exciting, and it's kind of us filling a niche that they've maybe not had because they've been so much about visual arts, and now there's sort of a performing arts there at the arts center as well. Probably when spring comes, you can start siphoning some people off farmer's market a little bit. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, anything like that. And it's such a beautiful, right, it's a beautiful beautiful space and a great area. We're really excited to be there. I'll talk to the chair of the committee of farmer's market. Say, listen, yeah. how can we advertise jobs? Y'all advertise jobs. Absolutely. Little, yeah. I mean, downtown especially is such a good community of people. Everyone's willing well, to help area, everyone. There's some plans long term. You know, the, the open air one, they're hoping to have a retractable roof there. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. Retractable roof, or they, not detractable roof, but retractable yeah. roof. Yeah. <laughs> we have one of those now. People are detracting from it all the time. Yeah. But that would be kind of nice. So you could close it off when you needed to. Right. So that area is being developed. We just feel so fortunate to even be. In existence. Um, Good time to be downtown. Yeah, we're really excited about it, and we just think that Anderson is so supportive of the arts. You know that there's, um, we actually work hand in hand. Uh, we've my husband's directed stuff at Electric City Playhouse. I grew up at ACT. We're directing a show right now at Project Challenge. So we think that that theater community is so important too, and everyone's just again been so supportive of us and what we're trying so to do. So you want to be a part of all of it. You want to direct. You want to be in it. Yeah, I mean, between the four of us, it's yeah. like bam, bam, bam. So really, you sound like all of you want to do everything. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, my husband's really interested in the direction right. part of it, and in that aspect of it, and then Dalton, his main thing, he loves the technical side of it. He's so skilled in designing and building sets. That's what he does for a living. So really, our skill sets are so. Um, perfect for what we're trying to and that do. That could be a real breakdown in the local theater too. Right. Really I mean, we. I mean, between the four of us, we can almost do anything we need. Right. Um, my uh, my focus is really on the education and the outreach part of it, and the children's part of it because I am a first grade teacher. So I'm very interested in like children's workshops, children's theater, things like that. To somebody, there's not a whole lot of. I mean, you have to go to Greenville to the South Carolina Children's mm-hmm. Theater to get kids kind of stuff. Y'all going to right. Like yeah, that. definitely. That's definitely Is that something. All for this summer, yeah, maybe? so we'll, we're hoping to have a summer workshop that ends in a performance open to the public, and then also Willy Wonka. The, uh, is that, is our like, very last from like show. 6 to 12, like the whole thing, yeah, I mean, I teach first grade, so I'm all about even kindergarten and up. You know, any I'm kind of opportunity. Sort of, sort, of, sort of like South Carolina Children's Theater, right? 
That, yeah. They do the well, whole group, and they have a little group, and then they have the whole group. Exactly, group. and we really like how they put children's theater up, but they also put adults in it, right. which is sort of different than, like, Project Challenge, which is the Anderson School District 5 theater. Right. It's open to kids in the community, but only if they go to an Anderson School District 5 school. So if you're private school, homeschooled, anything like but that. because if you're an athlete, you have to have Right, I mean, there kids. are, you know, provisions, but, like, if we have kids who – or oh, live in Pendleton, kid. or you have oh, kids who live in Clemson. Right, they can't. Yeah, can audition, right? right. So it's just kind of an opportunity, and then adults aren't in those shows, so it's kind of a cool, different thing, you know. And then once the kids age out of Project Challenge, you know, then college students. I mean, really, we're really just excited. Well, about it sounds all like of it. y'all are playing. That's always a weakness in our district, right? So I know that's the first time married an artist. I do, <laughs> so I mean, you know, but it is unusual to find people who have the artistic memory also come down and get organized. Right. It just really is. It's been, yeah, it's been definitely a lot, a lot of work, right. but it's also something that I feel like we're really well equipped for because we, we are very artistic, but at the same time we're very organized, and I think that it's a good combination and the perfect group of people to try to pull this off. Have you vision cast out past Still Magnolias? Do you know what you want to do the rest of the yeah, year? Yeah, so we're doing Still Magnolias first. Okay. Well, Fantastics this weekend. Right. And then Steel Magnolias will be April-ish. And then this summer we're putting on 9 to 5. The Dolly Parton is what written Dolly by Dolly Parton. Parton. Going this yeah, year. yeah, <laughs> a little bit. And then we're doing Julius <laughs> Caesar. We won't do rhinestones. Yeah, no rhinestones. <laughs> We're doing Julius Caesar, which um, is that is, for the sh- play in the Shakespeare department somewhere? No, or? Shakespeare in the part. We're actually a part of that. My husband and I founded the Twenty Four Hour Musical, which right. fun, which um, produces say, Shakespeare oh, in the part. I'm oh, oh, interrupting you. I don't care. But, no. <laughs> Shakespeare in the part, I think, captured something that they need to embrace down in Carolina Rim Park is cordoning off that theater. It made it much better theater for y'all to blocked off half of it and having that screen cross and yoke cross. Mm-hmm. Because the other people who try to do stuff down it's just too far. Right. And that was really the vision of David Larson. Was David, that I've was known his David for Yeah, he's and he's years, actually so. working on that again with us this summer. So that'll be happening he's got a again. Real good mind for it and a good eye for yeah, it. he's a good heart for it. Oh, he's so wonderful. He's so that'll actually be happening. Look for some announcement coming very, so is that very soon about or that. Or doing it separate from that. This is separate. So this will actually be at the market. Okay. So it'll be kind of fallish, early fall. And it's actually Julius Caesar, but we're putting a spin on it. So all the roles are going to be gender swapped. So Julius Caesar and Cassius. (laughs) (laughs) Julius Caesar and Cassius and Brutus are all going to be, it's going to be set in a high school and they're going to be girls. And it's kind of like the movie, like the Heathers or Mean Girls where they're turning on each other. So uh, we're really excited about the idea of trying to do something different with it. Well, it'll be like high school, college age. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we're really we think that's kind of a fun twist on it right. to kind of make it um, some people who are maybe a little nervous about coming to, see a Shakespeare, coming to see Shakespeare or something, maybe something they can relate to. And we're all about new crazy ideas. So, right. And then right after that is Willy Wonka is our big closing, and that will be open to children as well as adults. Like yeah, we're really excited. We're about it. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> well, it sounds like I've got a really busy year plan to be a school teacher. Yeah, I have the summers off, but we're we're really um, it's what we want, you know, and we're willing to put in the hard work. And I mean, it's sort of like we we were directing shows in the community. We were working in the community, anyways. You know, mm-hmm. Dalton was building sets in the community. Megan was performing in the community. Noah and I were directing the community. So it's like, why not put all of our energy into what we really want, which is to have our own space and have a theater and sort of do this big. It's like we're dreaming this giant dream, but. 
the community's really just been so supportive and we're just so blessed to even have this opportunity, especially through the Accelerated Anderson Downtown Challenge. That's awesome. Well, I started to observe almost a decade ago to really promote anybody doing anything good for this community. So I'm glad you guys are well, taking thank this you. on. This will be a great thing. And remind everybody one more time, website? Uh, TheMarketAnderson.org. Okay. Or it's, it's Facebook, it's the Market Theater Company. Okay, and it's theater. theater. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, well, there's not really a lot. We, we haven't more than. Market Theater, got a bunch of them. Though. So it's, it's actually theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E company. And hopefully it'll pop up the towards the top. Yeah, the Market the, Theater yeah, Company. The and our emblem is a flying pig. So just look for the pig. Look for the flying pig. Yeah. Is there a phone number or something? Yes, I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, I can find it on Facebook. Yes, it's on there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, Facebook, the website, any of that's a great way to get in touch with us. Takes three reminders. Remind people one more time what time this weekend. So it's this weekend. It's at the it's in the K Gallery upstairs. Um, it is at seven thirty on Friday night, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, seven thirty Saturday evening, and we'll be offering tours of our permanent space afterwards, which we've been doing after every show for anyone who's interested in seeing it. And tickets are only ten dollars, so really it's such a value. Yep. And the the show is wonderful. The talent is just extraordinary. I mean, we were so blessed to get these talented people willing to share it with us, so we're really excited. Well, great, and we'll catch up uh, a little later after, you know, we get down the road when you start talking about the other kind of things. Sure, absolutely. Things yeah, we, we want to be open, you know, as much as we can, so any anything that the community wants, we'll be willing to consider for sure. Super. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. It is good to see this new group starting up, and I think the, the vision they have for that space is going to be really good to bring not only uh, productions of, of, of plays, but music and um, live music and comedy and, and improv and all sorts of other things down there. So we wish them the best and hope to follow up with them again soon. People always complain about not having enough things to do, enough entertainment uh, organizations and venues here in Anderson. And I think these kind of places are, are, are good. The Legacy Play has been here, Playhouse has been here a long time, of course. And the Milltown players are doing really well over in Pelzer. And now this this new um, uh, market theater company should really add to that. And we're going to talk shortly uh, about music part of this. But before we do that, I want to talk about a few of the other things coming up in the week ahead. Of course, on next Thursday, uh, there's a candidate forum for the South Carolina Senate District 4 seat, the one that was uh, left vacant by the untimely death of Billy O'Dell. And the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce is sponsoring this from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Tucker's Restaurant in Anderson. Now, this is a ticketed event, but um, so I'll tell you about that. But the candidates that are running for this seat, in case you haven't heard, are uh, Rocky Burgess, Willie Day, uh, Representative Mike Gambrell, Trip Paget, and Mark Powell. So they'll be there, and they'll be able to present their few views and give their platform and answer questions. So um, you want to get out there for that. Again, there are tickets available. You can go to the Chamber's Facebook page or the Anderson County, Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce, and find out more about those tickets. Also on Thursday, Clean Starts, the Hygiene and Resource Center for those in Anderson that are in need. They're ho hosting their ninth annual Scoop Some Soup Day at the organization's uh, location down at 239 Townsend Street. This is a dine-in or carry-out. It'll be from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Chili or vegetable soup will be available along with cornbread, crackers, dessert, and tea. Uh, the price for all that is $7. And all the price proceeds will go to Clean Start. It's a good thing. I've seen 
the results of that. I've seen some people. People can go in. If they have a job interview, maybe they're homeless or living somewhere with that's not very clean, they can go in, get a shower, wash their hair, brush their teeth, get their clothes cleaned up, and, and be ready to, to go out for that. You can give them a call at 716-0766 for more details and or tickets. You can also check that out on Facebook as well. And they do serve between 100 and 120 people every week offering the showers and laundry service and referrals to other services in, in the Anderson community for those clients, including jobs, referrals, and stuff, and also get them cleaned up and get them a free meal down at the uh, emergency soup kitchen. It's down there every day. You might want to check that out and support them as well. Uh, this is the only fundraiser, fundraiser that Clean Start has every year, so only to make sure to make a big deal out of it. But do visit their Facebook page if you want to know more about it. And then on Friday of next week, uh, that's March 4th. Can you believe it's March already? Dustin Owens and the First Amendment, uh, who I did interview this for this week's podcast, are set to perform at Doolittle's downtown, and that'll begin at 7 o'clock. Now, I've known Dustin for a few years now, and he loves music. He is very knowledgeable, very talented. He's been in a lot of bands, and his current band, Dustin Owens and the First Amendment, is made up of some other folks I know. Uh, Michael Portchop Branch, many, many of y'all remember him from the morning show in WRX, um, and he's been around the music scene in this area a long time as well. And there's several, two other members, three other members of the band as well. And I met with them today, and we talked a little bit about the band, about where they're going, and what what they're they're uh, they're trying to do. And I hope you can get out to see them next Friday night. You get some idea of what kind of uh, music we do have here and how talented some of the folks in this area are. Uh, the Anderson Observer Newsroom People You Trust mixer was out today, so understand that we're going to play a recording of one of their songs and then interview them here. And even though this recording doesn't really do their music the justice it deserves, I hope you enjoy their music and this interview. I'm Dustin Owens from Dustin Owens and the First Amendment, and I'll be playing a Fender Resonator guitar. I'm uh, Michael Porkchop Branch, playing a uh, what you call a doghouse bass. This bass, favorite bass, is by the name Early. I'm Nolan McAllister, and I'll be playing an alto saxophone. I'm Matt Myers, and I'm playing uh, a drum set. <laughs> Alright, and uh, the name of this tune is 1 in 18. It's going to be on the uh, upcoming record called The Storyteller. We're working on it right now. Hers was the first blood that Coleman 
to uh, Dustin Owens and First Amendment. Um, there's first, a half. First of all, Dustin where's the, Owens. Dustin Owens and the First Amendment? Yeah, and, well, there's only one amendment, so I guess I'll back you off. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, Dustin, while, uh, tell me how the name came about and all this stuff. On. Oh, man, that's the worst thing in the world. The worst part of being in a band is coming up with the name, especially in the, uh, the Internet age. Uh, Poor Chop and I, I, I was playing with another band, and, and that band... Uh, had decided to go a, a, a definitively hard, harder rock and blues-oriented direction, which I love. But um, I also love this more country music, singer-songwriter style stuff. And they had no interest in doing that, so I felt I, I wanted to branch out a little bit. And I knew Porkchop, uh, we would work together at the radio station, and I knew he was into the same kinds of music that I was. And uh, also knew he had his own equipment, which is another major part of hiring somebody into a band. Uh, so we just kind of got together and, and started jamming. Uh, with the main focus being on original tunes, and uh, we threw probably 300 names around. Everyone that we liked, some Norwegian metal band had already <laughs> taken. And uh, I don't even remember, how did we come up with, the, where did the First Amendment come uh, from? I don't remember who, I, I think maybe uh, maybe you had come up with it, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we were just going to be called the First Amendment, and I insisted on Dustin using his name because I thought it looked like, and it sounded like, in, if you write it out, and if you listen to it, it sounds like an act. It sounds like a band. Yeah, right. right. It, he, has a, he has a name ready for a band. And that's yeah. what we're going for. We want to be a band. Uh, and so that's... Uh, we are a band. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> but we, we, Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, We're guys. so good here. We're friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the rest of the guys, uh, Porkchop and I played together, and I was going through all kinds of, of band changes and, and personnel changes and, and all of the different bands. And then uh, Porkchop and I got together with a couple of guys, and we started a band. 
And uh, they decided to fire Porkchop without telling me. And uh, they just stopped calling him for band practice, which is obviously how they like uh, to handle situations in the most passive-aggressive way possible. You got Pete Best. I got Pete Bestie. And uh, yeah, It's like that so, girl you don't like. Just don't talk to her. <laughs> so they just stopped calling him for band practice. So then I, I showed up the next week for band practice, and I, I was pretty mad about it. And then they stopped calling me for band practice. So we were oh. both kind of out of a band. Uh, so we decided to call... Uh, uh, Matt up. Matt had filled in on drums or was supposed to for a gig. We got about three practices in, and then the regular drummer came back and we fired him. Yeah. <laughs> I was heartbroken. And uh, then Nolan had played in a band called the Subterranean Five uh, with me before uh, for a Tom Waits show. Uh, we were wanting to do a Tom Waits cover show for Halloween, and I wanted horns. And uh, one of the guys, uh, Joe Osborne, that was playing in that band was doing the Mark Rabot leads, and uh, he was he knew Nolan somehow. I ended up. Um, now, now Nolan is more important to me than Joe is. I hope you're listening, Joe. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, I thought I thought it was a perfect fit, but we had absolutely no idea uh, what we were gonna what we were gonna sound like. Um, it, is, it does bring a different sound to what you're talking about, singer songwriter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So on a saxophone. And then you know we also do this uh, you know fully electric electric guitars. Uh, Electric sax, electric bass, full kit. We let Matt use sticks, which yeah. he gets really excited about. Um, and we play heavy, you know, blues-oriented stuff, and uh, you know, even some some more faster-paced, you know, rock and roll, Stone-style rock and roll. And uh, we can kind of go all over the place, and it still sort of sounds like us because of this particular lineup. And uh, we think it's really kind of unique, and it lets us. The sax, in a way, is a, is a gimmick too. We've noticed every time we go out for a show, Nolan gets all the attention, which kind of makes gives the rest of us a complex. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be the guitar player. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's what I always thought. But in my Although, personal yeah. experience, that has never, ever, ever been the yeah, case. Somebody said one time, if it hadn't been for Chuck Berry, you'd be reading uh, Saxophone Player magazine. Hey, that, that's a valid a valid point for sure. And, and they certainly they certainly eat that up. Plus, Nolan plays the uh, the organ. Uh, we got a Wurlitzer organ back there that we throw in on some of the the more electric stuff. And uh, Porkchop plays a, a mandolin and uh, also, once again, a co-songwriter. Matt plays some harmonica. I play harmonica and a little bit of, on the piano and stuff. So we can go, uh, in my, I'm sure I'm forgetting instruments, uh, but we can go a lot of different directions with, and we can kind of, back to Tom Waits, I feel like he's one of those guys that makes every song its own little movie. And uh, that's kind of what we want to do. You know, we, we really like the, the more story-oriented approach to songs and, um, we want to take those tunes and make the music fit the song instead of making the song fit what we're trying to be as a band. And uh, approaching it that way, to me, has just been, uh, not only have, has it worked out well, but it's also been very, um, very freeing uh, as far as my approach to the band you know, as a whole. Every other band, I always felt like I was trying to fit into a, into a slot, and now I just feel like we're all just a bunch of blobs. <laughs> now, do, do, In the best way possible. Do y'all all listen to, like... Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen and all the stuff Dustin's listening to, or is that a big influence on everybody, or just, is that just you? We, everybody is, is extremely different. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'd say what's unique about that is, yes, we all have, like, similar uh, loves in, in music and bands, and uh, we have similar tastes in music, but at the, at the same time, we all have very different tastes, too. Yeah. So I think that's where uh, that unique sound comes from, too. Uh, it, it's the perfect balance of being able to balance, you know, who we are as a whole together and uh, who we are separately too. You know, bringing pieces of each of us in 
on top of it. So that's yeah, that's a unique perspective. We all kind of dig the same stuff, but we're we're definitely yeah, yeah. unique to ourselves. There's a there's a thread that runs through that kind of that kind of binds us all together. But me and Matt like things that are, are in. It's not that any of us really don't like things. We don't play crappy music just as a general rule. Uh, and I think every band should follow that. The price is right. No, I'm not even saying that. These guys will tell you. I'll get fired before I play a few songs. I've been known to, to walk off the stage during Wagon Wheel. That's the truth. So we're not going to hear a tribute to high school music? No, no. But you might hear the Frozen theme song. My little girl has been really into Frozen recently. And uh, I got a new piano for Christmas. And I went and sat down and immediately played the piano part to Frozen. And I was furious about it. Like, I love Dr. John, I can't learn a lick. You know, Randy Newman, Elton John. Uh, you know, I can't figure any of that stuff out. But that Frozen song, man, I got just, it. Well, what the, what, what the neat thing is, just to add something about the music, is, uh, you know, we all have different interests, but, like, if Matt, if we come to practice and Matt's got his, his turntable on, it might be something I don't really have on my iPod, but I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. You know, I hadn't heard that in a while, or I've never heard that, and then we'll listen to it. So I think that's kind of cool, too, that I've discovered a lot of music just by hanging out with these guys. For sure. You know, I mean, I've sure. discovered a lot, of, a lot of new stuff that uh, I hadn't heard before. Well, uh, just to generalize, and I know that's what journalism is all about, um, <laughs> Matt, you know, has kind of, his background is more in, you know, 70s era, kind of harder rock, bands like uh, Led Zeppelin, and, For sure. uh, name some other bands. Zeppelin, I mean, you know, and even earlier, 60s, I'm into like 60s acid rock and stuff like that, like Iron Butterfly, and, and, and uh, uh, I mean, just tons of, tons of stuff like that from the 70s and, and, and 60s. Nolan's background is in, in jazz. You know, almost almost exclusively, right? Yeah, uh, jazz, classical music. You know, I started playing jazz music. It came mostly just from playing it. And when you play it, you gotta listen to it. So, and uh, pork chop, of course, has been in bluegrass for how long? Over fifteen years. And then a huge, uh, you know, a deep love for for the classic country music stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, I love all of that. You know, I love all of that stuff, and that's why I think it's you know, and they and they do like pork chop was saying. You know, we all kind of turn each other on to new things. And, man, that's such a cool thing to have in a, in a band. And you were saying, y'all have all been in tons of bands, and are still, some of you are still playing. Yeah, that's right. I, I've made this since they decided to name it after me. I thought I needed to, to spend <laughs> yeah. some time on don't, it. Don't force <laughs> it. Don't uninvite him to this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, you. Hey, you guys haven't copyrighted my name without my knowledge or anything, right? We couldn't do it because he's the lead singer. So he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's the singer, so that, that, would, that would really mess yeah, up. Look, Nolan on the sax, man, you guys could take a, an instrumental approach. And we've actually done that at shows uh, where, you know, we needed to fill, early on, we needed to fill some time, and, and Matt and Nolan and Porkchop would uh, get up on the stage and just uh, make something up for a good solid like 10 minutes. Jam it out. Jazz riffs. That's a lot of fun for me to be able to sit back and listen and say, man, those guys are, are playing with me, you know, like <laughs> playing for me. Uh, they allow me to tell them what to do on a regular basis. Like, this is a very special thing. Sweet uh, but yeah, so this is this is really the other than going out a little bit by myself from time to time and playing, you know, solo. And anything I do, I still call Dustin Owens in the First Amendment. Another thing with this band is we can break it down as far as we want to go. It started with just acoustic guitar and upright bass with Porkchop, and I can do just something with Matt or just something with Nolan. And like I said, they can do the do the three piece. So uh, you know that that's very beneficial for me personally. But look, Porkchop and uh, Matt um, are in some killer bands, and, and of course Nolan is a real musician. So you know, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. The music scene in Anderson. Are there a lot of places to play? Is it growing? Is it getting? I know the warehouse is hoping to have a theater ready to have live music, you know, some nights and all that stuff. But they just 
opened down in the art center and you know um, coffee shops sort of come and gone but i know y'all play some tell me something about where y'all do play and where is really uh, matt and matt and pork chop they gig uh you know more than we do as a band right now we've kind of taken a, a real steady approach to this where our focus has been on a lot of original material and we haven't wanted to sacrifice that for the sake of playing playing gigs and uh, we've gotten some strange gigs, like uh, you know, farmers market stuff, which I've never been able to play in other bands that I've played in. Uh, Anderson Shrimp and Grits cook off, and uh, yeah, I mean, and we love doing that stuff. And we also, uh, you know, kind of thought about it, and um, we decided that we have a lot of people that we take to shows, and it's nice to do something for them every once in a while. Uh, so instead of making them pay, uh, you know, not to disparage any of the local bars, they all know I love them. <laughs> Spend a lot of time there, <laughs> but. Uh, um, you know, instead of them paying inflated beer prices or whatever the case may be, we do a family-oriented uh, old county farm get-together at the Civic Center. So we're looking yeah. forward to another one of those this spring where we do everything on our own, play for free. There's no nothing monetarily involved, uh, kind of taken from the, the Allman Brothers Band and, and the Grateful Dead and, and guys like that. that just uh, They made their, their names by, by giving it away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really underrated in music right now or bands that are so afraid to, to give it away. And you almost have to be afraid because the best way to get treated like you're worthless is not to charge for your services. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's take away the other business and let's go and, and set up and uh, and let's just do it for the fun of doing it. And that's worked out well for us too. Uh, Doolittle's downtown Anderson. Uh, I have to give those guys a plug. John has been super supportive of me yeah. and everything I've ever done. And uh, we're booking there once, you know, once a month right now. That's our, you know, that's our steady gig. We love the room. We like doing it in, you know, our acoustic style. And man, you know, once again, the first band I've ever been in where we can reach out uh, to audiences that we, people that we don't even know, and a huge age gap, and, and a huge gender gap, and a huge racial gap, and the people that are actually enjoying the tunes, and we can see them enjoying it, you know, bobbing along, and especially when Nolan gets down on the sax, like mm -hmm. he'll get that. Uh, people jerk to the side and cut their eyes at the stage all of a sudden. That's a great feeling to have. And especially when they're strangers, you know, so you know they're, you, to be honest with you, most of my friends give me a harder time than strangers do. I, you know. <laughs> um, so that, that that really is my experience. We're branching out to a few places here in Anderson, and we've reached out and tried to talk to them. But, um, you know, up to this point, we're, we're not really get, getting anything. But honestly, we're not that worried about it. Um, now, Matt, uh, you've been playing a good bit uh, yeah. with your other bands here. I've been I've been gigging quite a bit, but uh, to be honest, I mean I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The 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 local scene it's hard right now for for a working musician. It's really tough, and and, and uh, a lot of it comes to you know uh, a lot of places aren't willing to, to pay what what the talent's worth. You know, so uh, that that's hard when a lot of guys are just trying to feed their family and and, and do what they're good at. You know, it's, it's no different than someone. Going to a nine to five, I mean that's that's a that's a job that you've chosen, something that you're good at that you think would uh, be lucrative to put 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 food on the table and pay the bills. You know that's the same thing I'm doing as a musician. I'm trying to I'm trying to survive and uh, make a living. And right now it, it's kind of hard. You know, uh, a lot of people are shut off right now. I don't know what's what the big uh, big holdup in the scene is the past couple of years, but a lot of a lot of venue owners and bar owners are they're really reluctant to book guys and uh they're, they're wanting to book a lot more djs and things like that instead of live music acts so it's kind of kind of in a lull where we're at right now but uh i'm still just i'm cranking at it man i'm still talking to people and and uh, my goal is to, to try and get the music scene uh, around anderson in the local area 
boost it up. And I think one way to do that is like what Justin was saying, doing the old uh, uh, country farm get together and getting people out in the community, getting them seeing live acts again, you know, and uh, enjoying that type of atmosphere. So then when we promote in other places, uh, it'll it'll just naturally bring a, a crowd. So well, I you think know, that's where we're at with that. One of the things too that uh, we we griped about this over the years, even before we had a band, <laughs> Dustin and I were griped about yes. this. Everybody wants a cover band, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with cover bands. They do some. There's some cover bands that are phenomenal. They sound like the record, but if I Waylon Jennings and Joe Cocker come to mind. It, I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to uh, <laughs> if you want to hear the record, I mean, you know, buy the record. Um, and it's a shame because there's a lot of that's what Dustin and I really connected us. I mean, we love music, but then we were writing. I he had been writing a lot longer than I had. I started writing music, and I, my desire is to not only write music to hear other people's other other whether it's a musical composition, whether it's uh, with words, whatever it is. I feel like uh, there's a lot of talent around here that have to go elsewhere and. Really, honestly, there's not even really up in a few places in Greenville. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to go. Clemson, uh, too. You, yeah, there, I mean, th- this should be a thriving area, and uh, we don't want to beat everybody over the head with it, but you know, we, we've already talked about looking to Athens and Asheville. Right. Down the road is a long-term goal because there's just not but a few places. We're, we're really appreciative of places like Doolittle's, and I know in, in the bluegrass scene, uh, i got to give a shout-out to Smoking Pig in, in Pendleton. They put a band in there just about every weekend. There's not many other people doing that. Right? Yeah, There's not. I agree. And that's completely. different than 20 years ago. There used to be a lot more. Right. Oh, yeah. Rainbow and stuff. Even here, there were places where. Even 10 years ago. I, yeah. I remember 10 years ago. I mean, the scene had took a run yeah. around here. It's all just changed up. Music and the way we consume it has changed so significantly. And that has an effect from the upper level to the lower level. And to get to Porkchop's point of you know original music, um, it works the other way too. And that's why I think you have to so strongly support. You know, original bands, and we're not a. We are. We love the original stuff. But we love cover stuff too. And we yeah, go out and play. We're playing. Uh, you know, a sixty forty mix. You know, it's a little more original than than cover, uh, but not not far away from half and half. And uh, the covers that we're playing from Take Five, which is you know always a hit, the Dead Flowers by the Stones or uh, White Stripes tunes. Uh, you know, we're kind of all over the map with them, and we mix those songs in with the styles of music that we play. Uh, but you have to support that, that original music because that's where the next big acts come from. And we're not a big act farm here, but we could be because there are enough talented people in this area and our proximity to great music towns like Porchop was talking about, Athens and Atlanta and Asheville, uh, to where we really should be better. And I saw a band the other night that, that was incredible, and, I, and I don't, I'm not going to name any names or any venue names because I don't even think I was talking bad about it. I really enjoyed the entire experience. But... They were phenomenal. I mean, a phenomenal band. And I listened to six or seven of their original tunes, which were also really, really good. And uh, I went and I saw them live, and I stayed for, you know, two and a half hours watching the show. I heard one original song. They killed the whole set. Everybody was into it. Everybody was loving it. Mm-hmm. But I heard, and I knew they had more in their back pocket that were really good. And after the show was over with, I made sure to go up and talk to them and say, hey, I really enjoyed the original. Like, that's what I, you know, that's what I really, that's what I really enjoyed, and I wish you'd played more of that. And that, you know, their response was they always get, you know, funny looks uh, when they play those songs because they're not recognizable. But I think they're they're looking too much at the surface. They're not recognizable because everything else is recognizable, right? Because we don't get that. 
we play original tunes and we play cover tunes and the covers are obscure enough that <laughs> the original tunes might be cover songs and nobody has any idea what we're playing. <laughs> right. So, you know, it works out great. And, 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 and the Beatles... Early on, particularly, had a lot of covers on their Yeah, well, the Stones were a cover band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, but yeah. at the same time, and I don't want to get all highbrow here because I know nobody here is, you know, doing an NPR fundraiser. But <laughs> there, there is there is an element we're talking about art here. Yeah, you I agree. Because we're you want to create, and you can't create if all you're doing is just you know trying to sound as much as you can like the Eagles or something. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, you can split what we do up in, up into different categories. You know, we're all we're all artists. Even people in cover bands are artists in their own way. They t- have a different, a slight, even if it's slightly different, a different take on you know the music that they're playing. And uh, you know, we're we're also performers. And some people get off way more on the performance aspect than they do the art aspect. And I just feel like I'm the opposite. And I don't think that makes me any better than them or them any better than me. It makes them have more money than me. <laughs> but I but I I accept that, you know, because uh, because I appreciate what it, you know, what it is that I do. And uh, so there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be that difference. But the problem comes in when the artists feel restricted and like they have to be more of a performer than than an artist. And and that that's um, that to me is 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 a crying shame, man, just to to be completely blunt. Uh, and uh, it's a great way to stifle the whole, the nationwide, worldwide music scene more than it's more than it's already stifled. We should be in a position with the internet, and we are to a degree. Uh, there's a lot of great new music that comes out, uh, but we should be in a position, you know, with, with the internet where music is is growing and, and building. And I think too many people have their eyes on the the bottom line, and they don't accept the, the freedom of the internet. They think that yeah. somehow they should be able to get a bigger, you know, a bigger cut of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. I'm, like Matt said, we're all trying. We're all trying to make a living, and I understand that. But you really have to. There has to be a balance. There does. And I think if you accept the world the way it is right now and just try to make the most of what we got, then you've got a better shot of long term success than you do uh, fighting every little thing and hoping it stays like it was ten years ago. You're a little more generous than I would be. I, I just I'm not going to go see a cover band. I, I've got the records, and I've been listening to it for fifty years. Right. But I don't need to hear somebody do it. Well, that sounded a whole lot like. Right. <laughs> well, I, I'll throw this in. I don't want to name drop. Maybe I've already dropped a couple of names, but something else came to my mind that, um, you know, and I hope Anderson, I feel like there's some people trying to make things happen in Anderson, but it's always an uphill battle. Uh, Hartwell, of all places, has a listening room. A listening room, an honest to God listening room. There's not a listening room outside of Atlanta and Asheville except in Hartwell. A real listening room. They don't serve food. There's nobody, they come just to listen. It's even better than a coffee shop because it's set up like an auditorium. Uh, and they've got a great sound system, and they bring in some national and regional acts, but they're all you know working musicians, and they come in and do original tunes. And I and I'm happy that it's in Hartwell, but I keep thinking, why? Why does Anderson right. or Clemson mm-hmm. or somewhere else not have that? Particularly because, a college town. Well, right. you know, yeah. you, you think of Athens having this huge, and I know Athens is a, is a bigger place than Clemson is, but. Clemson is a big enough university with enough diverse people to have a different style and type of music out there just about every night at a, at a venue, if not venues. So uh, anybody out there listening to this, uh, you know, if you're encouraged, we, I, I can tell you from my, from, from my perspective, I would support a listening room in the upstate, and, and kudos to the folks in Northeast Georgia for doing what they're doing and fighting the fight over there. So. There's another element, element to this that's, that's money-oriented, too. And uh, us bands, you know, can be can be blamed for that. And, and like Matt was 
towards, not not standing up for yourself. We want so badly to be able to go out and play. When you play in a bar, you know, you're working to make money for somebody else. You right. deserve to be compensated for that. But you want to go out and play so badly that you agree to go out and play for less and less and less. And then those venues get used to paying less and less and less. And then you, some, you try to go up and, you know, you're robbing them. And uh, I, I really think we've kind of gone through a phase, and I think it'll 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 flip flop eventually, where we've kind of we've kind of done that to ourselves. You know, when I first started playing out, you know, there were co- there were door charges, and you would get you know the door charge. And uh, in addition, you know, when uh, uh, venue I worked on a on a New Year's Eve, you know, you got the door, and you got a guaranteed amount of money, and you could make a really good night, and it didn't cost cost the bar owner anything. And, you know, a lot of people were willing, consumers, to go out and spend five bucks to get in the door to see a good band. Mm-hmm. And uh, that model is, is great for music. But when they had to, when people stopped coming, they had to cut away the cover charges and couldn't afford to pay the bands what the bands needed to pay to be, to be able to go in, you know, and, and play those gigs. And, and you know, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. It's a scary thing that, that economics um, have, you know, have so, much, have so much to do with it uh, when, you know, really and truly... You know, as musicians, we all want to be that. We all, you know, we all want to be musicians. We don't want to be sitting around thinking it, thinking it sucks. <laughs> We're talking about it, Greg. Come on, dude. That kind of tension's kind of moving on a long time. I've got friends, I remember years ago, really good bands. People really would go and get through and they wouldn't pay them. Yeah. 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 You know, they didn't have gas money home sometimes. Right. Like, yeah. You know, what are you, what's this, you know, mm-hmm. we agreed to this and now. Yeah, it's, it, it's madness. Another thing is, is uh, ASCAP and BMI. Uh, you know, publishing companies, and, and we're torn, Porkchop and I, I guess we can yeah. we can say it, yeah. but we're working yeah. on make it, creating a publishing company, and, uh, you know, we want to we want to be able to protect ourselves as artists, but as performers, uh, those, the rates that are charged to the venues, if they want to continue to pay, are astronomical, and where's the balance there? Because as, as an artist, you want to be compensated for your work if somebody else is taking it and making money off of it. Uh, but as a performer, you want to be able to go out and work a gig without a venue uh, having to stop having bands. And look, I'm telling you, I know three venues in within 20 miles of here that have done that, that have told me flat out, we're not going to have live music anymore because we can't uh, afford the pub, you know, the publishing fees. There's got to be a balance, that, uh, an equilibrium. And I think there will be. You know, I'm pretty positive about all of this stuff. I'm not as, as dire as a lot of people are. I think eventually we'll find an equilibrium and it'll be okay for... Three months, and then it'll swing up, you know, swing the other direction. It's just a, you know, it's part of life in general. It's really tied up to, you know, all tied up with uh, something Dusty mentioned back earlier uh, in this conversation about how we consume music. We consume music in a very different way. I mean, I worked in a record store, and then we went to CDs, and you know, people still came in and bought music, and now they don't even buy it; they just get it. And yeah. they, you know, and there's a whole generation of people. It's not their fault because they. All they've known is free music. And there's something to be said for, I like the idea of having music free for people to, it inspires them, it keeps them going, it, it gives them a new perspective. But those artists are you know, not making, the writers are not making, therefore BMI and ASCAP swoop down, trying to make any money up they can, That's and right. they, they swoop down. And I, you know you can't half blame them because they're trying to keep their people Yeah, happy. right. But if the fees they're charging may actually cause, as you said, some venues to say, and also we can't do it. They're keeping a share so much higher than this. All right. Oh, that's right. Well, that's yeah. the other problem. Yeah. Is there's two. And I understand. I agree with you. I think that 
making something free, people don't. You know, they it is like they've grown up now with a generation. Right. Even people who are paying for streaming stuff, it still kind of feels like free. Yeah, it really you know, does. And look, I'm as guilty. I'm as guilty as anybody is, and I'm gonna take an opportunity to say, thank God for vinyl records. Right. Uh, you know, that's something everybody but Nolan, we hadn't gotten him a turn. <laughs> we got Matt one. We made sure Matt got one for Christmas. So. I love it. Man. Uh, but that thing, it, and once again, that, this is embracing technology. You know, I I am such a, a music junkie that the fact that I could, you know, it's like if, if I were a heroin addict and I had heroin sitting on the table in front of me at all hours and I'm trying to say, no, you know, that's bad. That's almost impossible for me to avoid it and you know thank goodness for Spotify because you know uh, not to name drop them or any streaming service because I now can pay and still consume way more music than any human being should should consume and uh, it should it's good for artists in a lot of ways because I get to listen to people that I, I would have never listened to had I had to purchase every album that I listened to but uh, you know like Porkchop was saying somebody has to be compensated and that's where the vinyl record comes in because there uh, you have something tangible in your hand. You have this big, beautiful piece of artwork. You have this, uh, you know, sort of a habit of the way you take the record out of the sleeve and hold it in your hands and place it on the turntable. Like, uh, there's a ritual involved in the whole thing. And to me, that is, that is, I love that as much as I love the music that's going to come out of the speakers when it starts. And I think the more we promote that, the better off it is because that is purchasing music the people that are purchasing feel like they're getting their money's worth for what they're paying for, and it's and it comes back to the artist. And, and you know, we're going to take a different approach with the the record that we have coming out. Um, we're going to talk take, about that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take it, and uh, you know, we're recording it digitally. Now, I've had arguments about this over and over because it's so much cheaper and more convenient than analog, and we're broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so we're going to record it digitally, but even so, we're going to take it, we're going to make it available, we're going to start a, a Kickstarter, some sort of campaign. And uh, anybody that throws twenty bucks into the into the campaign is going to get the record digitally immediately, and then we're going to take that money and put it towards pressing vinyl. Those mm -hmm. people that threw in twenty bucks will get the vinyl record once you know uh, once it's been pressed. That'll allow us to press the number of records that we need for the people that are the people that are purchasing them. And uh, we're going to make that. We're going to make posters out of the artwork with the free download codes on the back. We're going to give essentially give the music away. For people to be able to consume it because we want them to hear it to know that they like us mm -hmm. and hope on the other side that they'll purchase these other things. You know, we're now t-shirt and poster salesmen, but so be it. You know, that's our brand. That's part of our, uh, part of who we are and what we do. Uh, so we're going to try to take those, give the music to them and hope to sell them other things. And then, of course, take donations. That's something, it's so easy to forget to put the dip jar out. You don't want to feel like you're begging, but you got to give people the opportunity because, you know, they're not just going to come up and hand it to you, but if there's a bucket sitting there or a, a website sitting there, then they might take the time to take the time to do well, it. And, and statistics are showing that vinyl outsold yeah. digital sales last year, not streaming, but actual sales. Yeah. People bought vinyl. And That's right. And look, we're selling tons of records and it's, and it's just going, it's, it's going up and up and up. Well, talk and, about a new record. Let's okay, yeah, let's record. do that. Yeah. Um, this is a lot of these tunes I, I've been working on um, for years. And what we're doing, we finally have a band that it can stay together long enough to get to this point. Um, and we finally have the equipment. We've been you know, working out of a band fund, and we bought a recording interface and uh, all kinds of mics and things of that nature so we can record completely on our own terms. We've had terrible experiences and some good experiences, but mostly terrible experiences with recording studios. Mm. Um, so we've got that. And then I've got, man... 40 songs that I'd like to get down on record. I haven't made one in, in five years. Uh, and uh, now, you know, Porkchop and I write together, and now we've discovered this new sound with this band, so I'm kind of writing to, you know, to fit that. 
uh, some new stuff's coming in. So I feel I felt like we're going to have to get some of the old stuff covered first to, to be able to move along to the new stuff. There's probably going to be two this year. And uh, what I did was I just took all the tunes that I had and I, I looked for tunes. Um, there was a concept album that I worked on for a while. I wrote seven songs for it. Three of them were good, and those three are going to appear on, on these records at, at some point in time. And then uh, just other random tunes. So this first one's going to be called The Storyteller. And uh, most of the tunes that are on this record um, are told in third person. And uh, they're, you know, story songs are, are character sketches. And there's even a, a chronological sequence. We've got a, a song about William the Conqueror. Uh, we got a song based on a... Another song about William the Conqueror. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody's done a William the Conqueror so song. So cliche, you know? Um, uh, what is the, uh, the T.H. White, I think his name is, the Once and Future King, uh, the King Arthur saga, and specifically the, the early parts of it where the Disney movie The Sword and the Stone was taken from? Uh, anyway, I wrote a, you know, a song based on that, a song based on Moby Dick. Uh, then there's uh, that, that tune that you just heard a minute ago, which Porkchop and I created the story. A couple from the concept albums where the stories are original. And there's one song based on Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World that takes place in the future. So uh, there's a chronological sweep to it. And then to completely break up the fact that everything up to this point has been so concise, it's stylistically uh, varying from the hard rock stuff, the singer-songwriter stuff, from country to, to the more uh, western minor key sounding stuff that we just did to the blues. Uh, and I'm really excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really I'm excited about it. These feel like a, a good, strong set of songs. We're trying to keep the, the length down to make sure that we're just putting out the best material that we have. And uh, now the whole key is, is capturing what we do with this stuff live, uh, you know, on, on the record. How soon do you hope to have it out? I have no clue. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, we're, we haven't started recording recording. Uh, we've, we've had three or four times where we've sat in here with the re recordings going and played the tune, played every song that was going to be on the record, and uh, kind of whittling down the arrangements and trying to figure out exactly, uh, you know, exactly how all of it's going to go. Uh, I think we got a gig coming up uh, next weekend, uh, so next week's day, we get one day together. Uh, I feel so neglected, but next week's day is going to be dedicated to the gig. The week after that, we're going to start on the first That's song. Like March 6th or 7th? March, yeah, 4th. 4th. Uh, March 4th. Next Friday. Friday, March 4th. Friday the 4th at, at Doolittle's downtown. Yeah. And uh, we go we go from uh, from seven to ten. We go for about about three hours that day, and uh, might go even longer if there are people hanging out having a good time. You know, like I said, they've been really good to us up there, and they treat us like family. Probably so. crab cakes. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh god, it's ridiculous. My favorite. Well, um, where can people find you online? Just remind everybody. Firstamendmentproductions.com. If you go there, there'll be links to all the social That's media. Spelled out. That's right. F I R S T A N E M B M E N T P R O D U C T I O N. Yeah, that's wow. exactly right. And uh, hey, man, you know I've had a lot of practice. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Now Facebook, though, a lot of people can go there and then they'll that's take you right. straight to um, the website. Can't re remember that. Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation. Uh, I hate Reverb Nation, but poor child likes. There's, so. there, there's. Some, <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of, but there's some people that strictly use that to get their information for local. Uh, music. Let's see. It's, it's Facebook. Yeah, SoundCloud. It's mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash Dustin Owens First Amendment. No. If they search Dustin yeah. Owens First Amendment, yeah, that's right. It'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, we're that. on Google Plus. I know they have lots of users on Google mm -hmm. Plus. And, um, so we're very active there. There's some stuff up on YouTube that you can go here. There's a live record uh, that, that we put out that was a, a soundboard recording from a live gig uh, this past fall. Um, so there's there's some stuff up there. We're still working on all that, you know, on all that too. But, uh, uh, you know, it keeps getting bigger, keeps getting keeps getting better. I'm glad somebody's keeping the flame alive. Yeah, man. If you don't, if you just quit, I mean, if 
going to go away, right. and it'll be at least a generation before somebody says, "Hey, why don't we have any music?" I really, I think I don't, I think I don't have any any choice. Um, you know, I, I did a podcast and a, and a radio show, man, and I I love it. That's like I love radio. That's right, and uh, they're probably still up on the web somewhere. <laughs> if you get a look, I don't know. I haven't deleted all of my accounts. Um, and man, I love that. I really did. Uh, but I, you know, I got up to a spot where you know I had a little girl at home. I was trying to work a real job that I could actually make money with. And I looked at it and I said, I have three, you know, major hobbies. Um, I do this podcast. Uh, I play in a band, and uh, I, I love to, to hike and spend time in the wilderness. And uh, none of them make me any money, <laughs> you know, which is the truth. Uh, so I, I need to pick one, and I need to pick it to get rid of. And at first, I didn't think the podcast, you know, had a shot at going. But then I looked at it and I was like, well, I'm not going to stop going into the woods. Like that's a ridiculous thing to quit doing. It's good for him, makes him feel good. But I can't stop playing in the band. Even if I quit the band, then I'd just be sitting at home strumming a guitar at every free moment that I have. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, I don't, you know, don't give me any credit for that because I, I don't think I have any choice and I'm too doggone hard-headed to do it any other way. Um, so, you know, it's well, not really a good thing. Ask my wife. Well, we'll get back together before the record comes out and talk a little bit more about it. I'd love to do it, man. Maybe you can play a track from, a track from be great. that. Be great. Well, Thank you so much, much Greg. I appreciate it. And again, if you don't have any plans for March 4th, that's Friday night, head on out to Doolittles for some really good music from a great local band. Those guys are very talented. Uh, Like I said, they had a a little bit of microphone mixer issues, so you might not have been able to hear really, but you got some idea how good they are. And also, it is important to support local music because if we don't, then there won't be any music for the next generation. Appreciate those guys coming on. We'll definitely have them back on when they get their record ready to go out. Rest of the stuff going on the week ahead. Early registration for the Ames Run the Con- Run the Connector is scheduled, which is scheduled for March 26th. The early early bird deadline is Tuesday, so if you want to support Ames and take part in that run out on the Connector, the East West Parkway, um, you can save a few bucks by registering early. You can go to Ames Facebook page for more information. It'll take you directly to where you can register. Uh, Meals on Wheels has declared uh, the month of March, the March on Meal, the March on Meals month. I, th- I think that's what it is. And March 10th is their annual spaghetti fundraiser. They're also doing some other events in March. It's a national thing for Meals on Wheels, and the idea is to make sure that people know that the senior citizens. I know at Anderson, more than 600 senior citizens every day get a hot meal because of volunteers, and it is all volunteer efforts. So. You can check out their Facebook page for more information on that or look at the Observer. There's a couple of stories on it there. You can check that out. And the downtown Race for the Rainbow and St. Patrick's Day Parade is just two weeks away as well. That is set for Saturday, March 12th. starts at 8 a.m. with the races, 1K, 5K, 10K. You can walk it. You can run it. It'll be a lot of fun, and it's for the whole family. They're really trying to make a big family event out of it. There'll be coloring contests for kids and all sorts of other things going on that day. It'll be followed by the parade and other downtown activities. Uh, they hope to have music in the park over in Carolina Wren Park. And this is going to be a great event. Again, it's all for charity as well. And it's put together by the Pints for People and First Flight Alliance. Both of those groups uh, sponsor a series of downtown charity events o- across the year. And they really work hard to make Anderson and downtown Anderson particularly a better place. So check out either their Facebook pages, Pints for People or First Flight Alliance. And they'll take you to their website and also give you all the information you need to know about them and about the Race the Rainbow, and that's not copyrighted by Skittles, so it's Race the Rainbow, and it is a great family event. I hope you can bring your family down there. I hope to be down there. with You'll see me roaming around with a video camera and a camera, so look for you down there. And in just 
A couple days after that is the big FLW Professional Bass Tournament, uh, which will bring hundreds of boats and fishermen out to Green Pond Landing. This time, all the events at this tournament, which is actually going to be bigger than the Bassmasters Pro, uh, this pro tournament, all the events will be held in Anderson, including the, the big event weigh-ins at the Civic Center. And we'll talk more about this event next week. We'll have somebody on to tell us more details about that. But you get a chance to go out to Green Pond and watch it, and it won't be 8 degrees like it was for the Bassmasters when the boats were freezing to the trailer. It'll be a lot of fun. I plan on being out there. I plan on being on some boats with fishermen. So uh, pressure's on, guys. you got to catch it when you got a camera on you. Also in mid-March, the Anderson County Museum is going to open their new exhibit, the Hartwell Dam exhibit. And so it is a busy March shaping up, uh, especially in the weeks leading up to Easter, which is March 27th this year, in case you forgot. I don't want to let this week's uh, podcast end without giving a shout-out to Anderson County Parks Director Matt Shell. Really nice guy, and he was named up the Upstate Forever's 2015 Forever Green Public Service of the Year, Public Servant of the Year. Uh, the Forever Green event recognizes significant contribution in the areas of sustainable development, land conservation, clean water, air quality, waste reduction, public service, and volunteer work. Matt is a great guy and is a great asset to the county. He has been very instrumental in Green Pond Landings development and also uh, many of the accessible projects around at our uh, boat ramps and places, uh, particularly kayaking projects and other outdoor activities, making it accessible to all our citizens. So congratulations to Matt on that award. It is well-deserved. And finally, we're still waiting for the demolition of the Bales Building. Bad weather has forced several delays, but there is a construction fence going up now, and so the claw should be pulling the old Bells building apart soon. Stay tuned here and watch the Anderson Observer. We'll have the most up-to-date information. Plan on having a video camera down there as they begin and continue the demolition, demolition of that, which we hope will turn into a wonderful new downtown building when all is decided and said and done. Okay, that's it for this week, the February 25th, 2016 edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. Hope you'll join us here again. We'll be back next week. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.